What are your thoughts on the belief that you have to get a degree in film or move to a big city like Hollywood in order to succeed in getting the jobs you want? You don't want me to answer that. Hello, and welcome to the Out of Frame podcast. My name is Lauren. And I'm Jackson. In this podcast, we'll discuss the unheard perspectives of the film industry to learn about what it's like to work in the industry and how to get involved. Each episode, we'll interview professionals about their work experience and their tips for aspiring filmmakers. Let's get started. So, Lauren, tell me a little bit about JB and why we're interviewing him. So we're bringing on J.B. Tyson. Um, He was actually an instructor of mine last semester for a film class, and he has tons of experience. He's worked as an assistant director for over 27 years, and currently he's writing, producing, and directing his own videos on top of being a full-time assistant professor at Doan University, where he's teaching digital media production class. So in this interview, we'll get to hear his perspective on how Hollywood has changed over the years, as well as some of his funny and interesting stories. That's awesome. Let's get into it. So before we get started, I just want to say thank you for your time. No, thank you for your time. You're not required to say that. Students, they're the real heroes. All right. So during this interview, we're going to talk a little bit about your role as a first AD and also just some of your opinions about the film industry as a whole. When you were in college, <laughs> oh, go ahead. what did you study and what was your ultimate career goal? Um, in my undergrad, I was a communication arts major, uh, communication arts emphasis in film and broadcasting. And then I had my master's degree in film studies. Film studies, basically, you just study there's no production. You don't learn how to do, you don't learn actually what I went to LA to do. Um, you learn the, the basically that uh, you analyze the shots, you analyze the symbolism, the lighting, the mise-en-scene. That's what you do in film studies. You, and you dissect films and you talk about, you know, the importance of it and everything else. Um, and then that said, I didn't learn any production whatsoever in my graduate school days, but the first film I got on, I learned more in six weeks, and it was, I think it was a I think it was a two and a half month shoot. But I learned more in six weeks than I did my entire graduate school because wow. it was production. And all I did my first my first film was I drove a van. I started out in transportation, which by the way they make good money. But you, you when you first start out in film, you'll take whatever you can get. Especially when I went, you know, this was the mid nineties when I. You know, when I started in the film business, Christ, I'm old. So you started out in transportation. Um, what did you set out to do when you moved to Los Angeles? What was your goal? I got my master's because I wanted to direct and I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, if I get this degree, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get off the plane at LAX and I'm going to get in a car. I'll probably drive by Warner Brothers or Paramount whatever, I'll knock on a door and say, hi, I have a master's degree in film studies. Please hire me. I'd like to direct. Do you want to guess how that went? I ended up in transportation. It wasn't, it wasn't wrong that I got my master's in film studies. It just wasn't the, at the time, you know, I should have probably went to film school. I was ignorant, very naive. And that's what I ended up doing. 
you talked a little bit about your first job in Los Angeles. Yeah. What kinds of opportunities at the beginning of your career uh, led you to future opportunities? Like, were there any hard-hitting moments where it helped take off a little bit? Um, okay, so the interesting thing is my fr- I went to L.A. to get a job in film, and then my first job in film was in Nebraska. So I had to fly back to Nebraska for this job. And then shot the film here. And then after that, I went back to L.A. And the contacts that I made in Nebraska, all the people were, were um, they fl- flew in from L.A. So everybody, you know, knew, I knew all those people well. So I, I would just make start making phone calls and say, okay, you got anything going? You know, what do you want to do? Whatever pays. You know, I just want to get my, I want to get my, I already had my foot in the door. I wanted my shin and my thigh in the door. I wanted to get a little bit more in. And I remember calling uh, Jack Rowe, who was our unit production manager. And I did not realize Jack had retired. And Jack had been in the business for 40, 50 years. He was the first AD on Willy Wonka, Funny Girl, Bad News Bears. The guy's resume was just very impressive. I called Jack up and I go, Jack, this is J.B. Tyson. I don't know if you remember me or not. And he goes, yeah, J.B., how are you, man? I go, good. I go, just, you know, I'm in town. I'm just looking for a gig. And he goes, boy, I hate to tell you this, buddy. You made the wrong phone call. I go, oh. And he goes, retired. I go, oh, all right. So, but he, but he gave me another name, number so that was it. So what I the people I knew in that I met in Nebraska helped me get my next job in uh, L.A. And that job, I met somebody who was from Nebraska, and then he hired me for a TV show, and that's where I became a sec, uh, That's where I became an AD. What are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome to get to where you are now? The film is just it takes a lot of your time. It's 16, 17, 18 hour days. So when you go into the film business, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, if you have kids, um, if you have a significant other, you, you know, you're going to be away from them. You spend more time with the, the crew than you do with your family. So that obstacle of getting used to, okay, I'm on this shoot and I'm away from my family. You know, I was in Hawaii for three months. I was in Virginia for three months. And it's, that, that's the reality of it. And some, some partners are cool with it. They're like, oh, absolutely. Go for it. Have fun. Great. Other partners are like, where are you? I'm not in this relationship by myself. So um, did you, I guess you kind of already answered it. But oh, sorry. It was a question about whether or not you always wanted to be a first AD or like saw that as. I always wanted to be a director. Um, right. I saw Star Wars and that was it for me. And then uh, I started shooting an eight millimeter film. Uh, in my backyard. And then I would edit the films. And back then it was, you know, actual celluloid. And you you could, this is before digital, so you would shoot on this little compact thing and then you would have to send it into the lab and then wait two weeks and then get the film back to see if, oh, great, I overexposed the goddamn thing. Of course, I was, I was 12. So it's like, yeah, I was very young when I started shooting and then I started dissecting films. So that's, I always wanted to be in the film business and I tried to get out like three or four times and I just keep getting sucked back in. So I decided not to fight it anymore. Yeah. I'll always be in it. I will say this one thing about, uh, (laughs) I looked at my resume about maybe five, five or six months ago and I tried to detach myself from what I had done in the film business because I'm looking at it I'm like going, oh, damn, this isn't too bad. Right. (laughs) And then I go, oh, it's me. Eh, 
that's eh, still not too bad, you know. How would you describe the type of person that might thrive in the film industry? I have met every type of person that you can think of in the film. There's no set answer to that. I've met introverts who don't like making eye contact. Um, I've met people who are just a personality. Hey, how you doing? How you been? Hey, come on. You know, and, and you just go, okay, one, stop doing the cocaine, and two, just calm down, right? Um, and I've and everything in between. So there's no set answer to that. If one thing that I think everybody has to have, though, or it helps to have, they don't have to have it, is a drive. They really need to know what they want and will do anything to get it. What drove me crazy, I remember when I was an undergrad, I went to a conference and I asked a guy, I was thinking about trying to do freelance writing for commercials. Um, and I asked the speaker, I said, um, hey, how do you, so what's the process? How do you get into what you're doing as a freelancer? And he goes, well, you just do it. And I go, uh, oh, great. How do you do it? What's the process? A, B, C, D. And he goes, no, just do it, man. Just start writing and then that's it. And I go, that is some of the worst advice I had ever gotten in my life to this day. Because it's like, you don't, it's, I'm not a Nike commercial. I'm not going to just do it. How do I do it? You know, what's the process? What format do I need? What, do I need to get a program? Do I, what software do I need? Who do I contact? Um, you know, are there agencies? So forth and so on. It's like, don't just say, you know, go ahead. Yeah, just take a shot at it. So what are your thoughts on the belief that you have to get a degree in film or move to a big city like Hollywood in order to succeed in getting the jobs you want? You don't want me to answer that. Okay. I do. Okay. Wow, that's a hell of a question. Um, okay. First off, you don't have to go to Hollywood to make a movie. Um, I'm now picking up my phone. All you need is this, and you can make a film. Tangerine was shot a few years ago. Tangerine was shot on, a, on an iPhone 6, right? They had their actors were basically for free, and they shot a feature film. That's all you need. So you don't necessarily have to go to L.A. Back when I started, yes, you either had to go to L.A. or New York. Now, and I tell students this, and I think I mentioned this last semester, most people go to Atlanta, go to Georgia, go to New Mexico. Uh, Louisiana is huge. South Carolina has a good one. Virginia. I mean, every state has a really good. So, you, no, you don't have to go to L.A. I loved L.A. when I was there, but I was there about two and a half months ago working on a commercial with a friend of mine. And I forgot from his house to the stage is maybe, let's say, 15 miles. Right. Took an hour and a half to get there in the you know, in where we live in the middle, in you know, Midwest, 15 miles means 15 minutes. Right. In L.A., no. But L.A. is great if you want to be an actor. Now's not a great time to be in L.A. The strike is killing everybody. That's just the reality of it. Well, everybody's, I mean, there are some people who are working because SAG-AFTRA is giving waivers to independent films. But the majority of actors are, that are SAG, they can't work. They would, get, they would, you know, they would be crossing the picket line and then they show they get, they'll be able to get a job. But then after the strike's over, they're not going to work again. Um, you can't cross over when you're union. You can't you can't do non-union stuff. That's DGA. That's SAG-AFTRA. You know, that's IA. I'm not too familiar on the politics within film. Could you kind of go into why people working in a union might not get 
work outside of it after? There are certain rules and guidelines for each union that you're in. Like my union, if I, if I joined the union, I would be DGA, Directors Guild of America. You need, I think, 425 days, which means you have to have 425 days as working as a, as a AD, first AD, second AD, second, second AD to get into the union. You have to pay your dues. Um, entry fee is, I think, ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. And then you get to work in that union. The pay is better. You get benefits if you, uh, if you make enough money. If, if you're a SAG, you have to make at least $26,000 in order to qualify for benefits. But with DGA, I'm not actually sure what it is. I have enough days to go DGA. I counted them the other, I counted them a couple months ago, actually, when I got back from LA. And uh, I have 1,100 days. <laughs> but I'm still not going to go union because if I go union, I've had too many friends that go union, work a big show, and then that's it because they don't have the connections. And for some reason, they just don't do it. Now, with SAG, you can do non-SAG if you're SAG, but you have to get a waiver. Um, and if you don't get enough work as a SAG, then you go down to another union, and I can't remember the name of it. But union work pays better. Um, you have set times that you, you, you work on you know, a 10-hour day, and then after 10 hours, you go into OT. OT is time and a half to, you know, whatever. Then you go into meal penalties. You have to be fed six hours after call, and then six hours after that. So if you get into second meal... And your union, you're making some, you know, you're making some bank, you know. Yeah. And it sounds like you're actually getting paid for the amount of work you do rather than just the work itself. Right. The finalized product. Yeah. And also keep in mind with the DGA and, and SAG, and I'm, I'm not going to say I know about IA because I'm, I'm not a grip or electric, but um, you have a possibility of residuals. So the first AD of Friends is still making money off Friends. Every time it's shown, they get money. And that's one of the hangups right now with the union, or with the, the strike, is that the deal that they cut with any streaming, Hulu, Netflix, they don't, like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad is very popular on Netflix. He got a check, I think, for three cents because they're not paying residuals. It, it, it's completely screwing over the actor. Right. Um, and the, you know, and that's what they're fighting for. And I agree with that. I'm not really big into unions, but I, the entertainment industry, it's, it's needed. Yeah. There's a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. So, um, what are some underrated tools you think aspiring filmmakers should take advantage of more often? And this can kind of go hand in hand with what you see with your own students. Um, basically, Taking advantage of the time you have now, creating something. If you want to be a director, then write something and direct it. And you couldn't be able, to, you weren't able to do that unless you went to film school back in the 60s, 70s, even the 80s, right? Film was, ex and still is, extremely expensive. But you can now make a film. You don't need, all you need is, you know, you need, <laughs> you basically need a phone. You need uh, an editing device, which you can get for free. Um, and then go make a movie. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. That's one of the things that hung me up. It's like, oh, I can't make a movie. It's going to be, unless I have the quality that I want. And then I finally said, screw it, and started writing and directing stuff on my own. And I love it. So can I quote you on that, that you said, in order to be a director, you have to just do it? Go direct. Just go I, do it. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, clever. Clever. Thank you. Well, she's paying attention, isn't she, Jackson? <laughs> no. Um, in this case, I'm right because 
if you're going to go do it, go do it because you, all you need to do, especially with, you know, with the internet, all you have to do is do a search on how to shoot a film. When I asked that question of the gentleman about freelance writing, there was no, you know, there was the internet, but it wasn't at the place it is now. Now you just need the internet. How do I make a movie? But yes. So way to turn my words against me. Wow. But yeah, you can just go do it. If you have a passion for it, your passion will lead you. So how would you say your experience in film production has influenced your teaching style? Um, I have something that a lot of college professors don't have, and that's practical experience. I know what it's like on set. I know how to run a set. Um, I know what it takes to run a set. A lot of instructors get their degree in film studies, and they never set foot on a, on a set, and they don't know what it's like. Um, and so that, and with, with me anyway, I think that's a plus for my students. Well, you can, is that a plus for my students? You had me, you had me last semester, you know, was that? I would say so. I think when it came to the in-between periods in class where we would talk to you about the film industry, it was nice to have like your own experience as context Yeah. for what we can expect. Cause I think at least for me, I like knowing that there are, a lot of good things about it, but also I want you to be realistic with me and yeah. be honest about, you know, there are some parts of it that if that's not something you want to do, like you said, with the amount of hours you work in a week, right? if that's not for you, it's good to know upfront so that you don't get so far down the line and realize, yeah, this isn't really what I want. Wow, anymore. this sucks. Yeah. 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 Um, something that Jackson and I have talked about is our own abilities to network or maybe the lack thereof. I think some people have that ability to make connections and use it to their benefit a little bit easier than others. 100%. Um, so how would you say you are with networking and how does that come into play with your job? This, I don't, oh boy. Um, when you're networking, it is, I got my first job because the guy I was staying with, who's one of my best friends, um, he made a phone call to the production coordinator of this film that was shooting in Nebraska and said, hey, it's, hey, it's me, you know, da, da, da. I've got a friend, JB, he, he's going to send his resume. Can you put it on top of the pile? And that's what happened. And so because of him, I got a job. And then because of that job, I met somebody. And it's just it cascades. And there's some opportunities that I had and I look back and just kick myself in the stomach because I was so stupid. I didn't take advantage of them. Very stupid. Okay. Uh, hold up. I just want to like focus on that point. I'm so, sorry. Who are you? Um, Jackson. Hi, Jackson. God, you <laughs> just have not talked much. No, I, just I to, have not. I've yeah. been wanting to get you guys to have that conversation, but you mentioned that whole idea of like, uh, some, like not wanting to kind of overlook the opportunities you've had, yeah. ways my, you've learned to take advantage, the most advantage of like opportunities that you're given. I worked with one actor. <laughs> we were talking about, uh, I went into the makeup, uh, the makeup trailer to get uh, our guest star. And they were talking about their first concerts that they had had. And I was like, oh yeah. They go, JB, what was your first concert? And I go, oh God, it was a long time ago. It was, I, I, it was Kiss with makeup. And they're like, oh, really? Okay, cool. Da, 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 and they start laughing. And then I take the guest star to, to set. And she goes, hey, do you want backstage passes to Kiss? Would you like to go see him in concert? I go, no, no. And she goes, no, it's okay. I can make it happen. I go, no, I don't want to, I don't want to impose. I don't want to be rude. 
And then I found out after she left that she was Paul Stanley's wife at the time. Wow. So I was like, huh, well, shit. <laughs> so I could have went. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, that was a fuck up that I can't take back. Mm-hmm. I, I did want to ask you about what your favorite project that you've worked on has been. Okay. Professionally? Yeah. Or or it doesn't even have to be One of my favorite things that I just did was a short that I just did last last year. Um, it was me and my two sons. My one son was the actor and my other son helped me uh, grip and gaff and do everything else. And we shot it in seven hours in my bathroom. And, you know, it was great. I had a really good time. It turned out really well. Wow. Um, and I stopped myself from that perfection thing that we talked about earlier, I stopped myself and said, no, I'm just going to make, I'd like to have something because people want to do it perfectly. So they don't ever do it, which is not the thing. Um, professionally, there's a guy I work with, Brian, I won't say his last name just in case, but I worked with Brian and Brian and I went to high school together, went to, went to school here together. Um, <clears throat> and Brian was the first one who got me my job. But anytime I worked with Brian, it's just a blast. I'm laughing more than I am anything else. I was making stupid money for just having fun with two friends that I've known forever. So that's probably my answer. Okay, sweet. Those are all of our questions that we have for you. Phenomenal. I am so, so pleased. Um, JB, where can people find you to learn more about? I'm usually on the street corner. Okay. Um, What about like... I knew you were going to say something. You like did that. not. Yeah, you had no clue, Jackson. No, I you did. You know what? I don't appreciate your tone. <laughs> Let's change that in post, shall Lauren, we? Lauren can attest. I said he's going to say like my address is blah 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 blah. I'm not giving anybody my address. <laughs> I don't even want well, my address. fake address. Yeah, my fake address. Yeah. <laughs> um, where they I, I, right now? I mean, you know, my work is. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't do social media, <laughs> which is so stupid. Um, I do Instagram, but the fun part about Instagram is I'll post a picture and then write the caption and then I delete the app. Um, yeah, on Instagram, I'm uh, jabe925, J-A-B-E 925. So that's where you can find me, I suppose. Thank you for listening to the Out of Frame podcast. Today, you heard a conversation with film instructor and assistant director, J.B. Tyson. Tune in next time for another in-depth conversation with more film professionals to learn more about the industry and how you can get involved. And follow us on Instagram at Out of Frame Podcast and let us know what you thought about today's episode. Bye-bye. Bye.